The NAPO 2020 Annual Conference is April 2nd through the 5th, 2020 in Orlando, Florida. Attendees can customize their conference experience by choosing from dozens of sessions while connecting with over 500 like-minded professionals from around the world. New this year, live from NAPO, an opening program to remember, laser coaching sessions, and a special attendee-only conference achievement. Learn more and register today at napo2020.net. Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, growing in the organizing and productivity profession brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Every episode, we will learn from NAPO members and subject matter experts as they share their successes, challenges, best practices, proven strategies, industry developments, and more. Please welcome our host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stand Out, the podcast all about growing in the organizing and productivity industry. My name is Sarah Karakayan, professional organizer and your host. I am pumped for today's topic because actually, selfishly enough, I'm also starting what we're going to be talking about today in my own business. And so I am pumped to have a Facebook group creator expert on the podcast today. And I think a lot of you are like, a what? Because although Facebook groups have been around for a long time, I think a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs have kind of overlooked the value in one. And so today we've got Jenna Redfield. She's a social media strategist and online community leader with an emphasis in Instagram marketing. She helps businesses market themselves online so they can grow their influence and connect with other local professionals. Jenna founded Twin Cities Collective, which started as a local community networking group and has turned into a business and marketing educational organization as well. Jenna has been growing the Twin Cities Collective audience for nearly three years and built a large local community of over 15,000 followers. After working as the marketing director for several businesses, Jenna is now helping others learn how to do it for their brand through one-on-one coaching on social media marketing for small businesses. She also has a weekly podcast where she interviews local creatives and entrepreneurs. Jenna, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to have you because here on Standout, we've talked about YouTube, we've talked about Instagram, and I know that we could probably have another million episodes on those platforms. But I am excited because you are a Facebook group expert. I mean, you, you've got a pretty robust group. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny to call me that. I don't know if I call myself that, but I feel like I do have a lot of experience. I'm not only running a Facebook group, but also I've been part of Facebook groups for a long time. And I really took a lot of the things I learned from being in those and really applied them to my own group. Okay, so let's take it back to Facebook group 101. What is a Facebook group? How is it different than just like our regular personal feeds and or our business pages? Yeah. So one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say a Facebook page, but they're actually referring to a group. They're actually completely different. But basically, a group is where you can have a setting where it's either open or private. So some people have to actually get accepted into the group. They just ask to join and then the admins can add them in. But basically, it's more of a community and forum discussion group versus just a promotional page. That's what most businesses have on Facebook is a page. But what I found and what Facebook is actually really promoting right now is groups. I don't know if you've seen any of the commercials. They actually now have commercials on TV for Facebook groups. And it's a really great way to meet people and connect and kind of share your expertise 
with people talking one-to-one versus just having a page that you're self-promoting all the time. So it's a really great option. I've really, really found a lot of value in mine. And also, I've found a lot of people in other groups that I've been able to work with in the past. So why a Facebook group? Why is Facebook promoting that? I've never seen these commercials, but it doesn't shock me. So Facebook announced at one of their events this year that they're really promoting two things. That's events and groups. They're really wanting to focus more on the local community and events are a huge part of that. You can have a group that's not local. You can have it just for a specific niche. For example, I'm part of business owner groups that are nationwide. Then I also am part of like a local dog group that has 6,000 people in it and they talk about dogs locally. So there's a lot of different niches you can be part of. But I think what they're really focusing on is the fact that people are sick of going on Facebook and seeing ads all the time or they're seeing self-promo. It's a way to actually go in and engage with other people. And that's kind of how Facebook was originally founded. It was originally for friends. And it was originally for people that you knew. And this is a way that we've kind of taken the idea of... I don't know if you've heard of like Nextdoor, the app, which is a great neighborhood tool. It's like that where it's a way where you can actually connect with people that maybe either have similar interests or live in similar areas. And you can actually talk to them and you can start conversations. You can start threads or just ask questions. There's so many questions I've asked in Facebook groups that I'm like, I don't know anyone in my life that knows the answer to this. So I'm just going to ask it almost anonymously to people. And I feel so much more comfortable doing that than even posting it on my own Facebook. I don't want my friends judging me on this question that probably is super, super basic, but I have no idea. And these strangers are just going to help me. I've actually made a lot of friends through Facebook groups. A lot of people think that's so weird. But I've actually made friends in other cities across the country. There's one girl I've, I've Skyped with them. It's a great way to meet people. I'm obsessed with that. Okay, question for you. I think a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs, not all of them. But those mm-hmm. of us that are, they probably have a Facebook business page. If they want to start a group, which we'll dive into a little bit more later about one of the benefits of starting a group and how to do that. But do they have to have a business page first to start the group? I don't think so. You can start it as a person, but most of the times I would recommend linking your page to your group because then on your page, you can actually show that you have a group. And Ah. so if you have people that are already following your page, it'll literally just say group. And you can have multiple groups for your page. I've seen people that have done different small Facebook groups for masterminds, for group coaching. It's not super widely known. And also, I don't have it yet, but they're launching paid Facebook groups where you have to pay to be part of it. So instead of being just free, it's basically another way people can make money. I would recommend linking it to your page if you have one, especially if it's for your business. That's just my recommendation. So with your Facebook group, what was the goal for you to create that group? And what happens in there? Yeah. So the reason I started Twin Cities Collective, it wasn't really for me. I mean, it kind of was. It wasn't ever a business when I first started it. I kind of mentioned that it's a networking group. What happened to me when I first graduated from college and I was looking for a job, I was like, I don't know anyone. I don't have a network. I don't know how to find people. And that really frustrated me. And so I thought to myself, why don't I just make one for myself that other people can benefit from? It's kind of a long story, but there was a group called Twin Cities Bloggers that had a, a couple, you know, like 100 people in the group and the woman who was running it moved away. And so I actually just leaped at the opportunity to take over the group, but I completely changed it, you know, and now it's a completely different thing, but I saw the potential there that other people wanted to connect with other people. And so what I started doing is I'd been part of Facebook groups for a long time, and what I realized is a lot of the prompts that you see in Facebook groups, you know, sometimes they have daily prompts like talk about this. A lot of them were not 
very active because the prompts were really bad. It's very, very vague. So what I've decided to do is every single week, Monday through Friday, I have the same threads every day. So Monday, I do a collaboration post which means that people can look for jobs. They can you know, talk to people. It's a great way to network. Tuesday is a promotional thread. So that's where you can promote anything you're doing and leave links and try to you know, interact with other people. Wednesday is a content promo. So if you have a new blog post, a new Instagram post, a new podcast, you can promote that. Thursday is our event post. So if you have an event around town that you're hosting, people might want to learn about it. That's where you post on Thursday. And then every Friday, we have a follow thread. So we change up the social media. Sometimes it's LinkedIn. Sometimes it's Facebook page. Sometimes it's Instagram. But it's a great way to get followers, but then also follow other people. So when I was setting up the group in a way where I would have those threads every week, and I've had the same threads basically the entire 3 years, is I wanted them to be something that people would be able to use to promote themselves. Because if they don't, they're not interested. But it's also a way to have them connect with each other. So you definitely want to make sure it's a resource for people. Otherwise, they will lose interest because you always have to think about their perspective. If it's not helping them, it's just a waste of time. So it sounds like too that your goal as the group leader or the founder of the group, or I know you took it over, is to create uh, expectations boundaries as well. And then also you want people to be active, it sounds like, because if they're not active and you're just letting people talk about whatever or not talk about whatever, then it's kind of going to be a dud. Yes. I have a lot of rules. But my main one is that there's no posting on the wall unless it's a very general question. That is the only things I allow on the wall. 90% of the posts... And I have to approve them. So they're basically sent to an admin for approval. I don't approve like 90% of them because they can fall in one of those five categories. Usually it's like, hey, I have a new website. I'm like, sure, put that on the Tuesday promo post. Like that's what that's for. So I actually have to either message them individually or I just tag them on that thread. But it keeps it in order because I've been part of Facebook groups that are so chaotic. I don't know how to find anything. And so it's definitely something I've learned over time is that I think people really appreciate the fact that it is so organized. Like I don't really give exceptions. People are like, oh, why don't you do this? I'm like, no, because if I gave exceptions to you, I'd have to give exceptions to everyone. So I definitely feel like it's been a place not just for people to post, but because it is my group, I am allowed to post what I want. Sure. (laughs) So that's the other part is like, you know, I post our podcast every week. It's a great way for people to find out about the podcast. I talk about upcoming events. So people join it for a multitude of reasons, but they also want to know what we're up to. So it's a great way for me to share posts that I post on now my page inside of the group. I create photo albums of events that we've done so people can see it. It's just a much easier way for me to actually talk to people instead of just talk at them. How important is your Facebook group to your business? Like, Oh, it's, it's very important. What are the benefits of it for you? And even if it's... I love it if it's monetary or if it's just sets you as the expert, what about it is so necessary for you? That's a really good question. I would consider Instagram as my lead gen in terms of getting people to know about us. We have about 15,000 followers on there. And so that's usually the first contact people have with us is on Instagram. 
And then my second goal is to get them to the Facebook group because when they're in the Facebook group, they see the power that our group has and all of the things we offer. I do talk about that on Instagram, but honestly, people really take that next step when they join the Facebook group. They usually then join our email list. They want to go to the events. They see the pictures. They see me posting in there. I put up lives and videos just talking about the things that I offer as a coach. So it's a great way for people to feel connected to each other. That's what I find so many people in my group. They're in there specifically to meet other people. So for me... Being the person that leads that charge, I know people have found other people through it, not just me. They found business partners. They have found jobs. They have found friends. They found people that can help them on their social or just on marketing. They found amazing people. So I've heard so many stories of how people have connected in the group. And that always brings me so much joy because that's kind of why the group started. It wasn't until about a year in that it was growing faster than my own business at the time. And so I thought, why not leap to this and have this be the business? It's still interesting figuring out monetization. (laughs) We tried a membership at one point and it just wasn't for me. But I feel like I've learned a lot about what I want from the group and then also what the group wants from me. It's been very clear. I've done a lot of surveys. It's a great communication tool that I don't think you get with pages. And I'm definitely a fan. How do people find your Facebook group other than you chatting about it on Instagram? Do you have to advertise it? Is it like in your email sig? Like, How do people know about it? A lot of it is word of mouth. You can also invite people to a Facebook group. So people have invited friends. It is on our website multiple times. Like I really push people joining it. I really push it from every different social media network I'm on from LinkedIn is a huge one. There's just a bunch of places I always talk about it. It's taken 3 years to grow to 3000 and some people I look and they they're not part of any groups at all. So I think a lot of people don't even really understand the concept of groups. And then there's some people that are in like 30 to 40 or even 100 groups. So I think it depends on the person, but anytime I meet someone at a networking event, I invite them to the groups. I always mention it and talk about the benefits. And so for me, a lot of it is just me really pushing the group as really a place for them to learn more about us. Do you have to have a Facebook account to join a group? I assume you do. Yeah, you do. There's options where you can join as a page, but I've actually turned that off because I don't want people posting as their page. I want people posting as humans and as their personal account because I just find that a little weird. Like, oh, I'm posting as this coffee shop. Well, who's the person behind it? Some groups allow pages to join and I've turned off that option. But yeah, you do have to be on Facebook. So that's one thing is I have a couple of friends who are not on Facebook that really want to be part of it. But I'm like, you have to have an account. I know people who have made separate personal accounts just for joining Facebook groups. Facebook actually is cracking down on that. And they don't want you to have like a personal page just for your business. That's why the pages exist. So I mean, privacy, I know Facebook is going through a bunch of stuff right now. But I feel like most people join with their profile that they've had for a long time. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break, but I'm gonna kind of put Jenna on the spot when we get back. Jenna, don't be nervous. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna hear a message from Napo and we'll get back to it. The Barry Isaac Gloria Schlaer Conference Scholarship Fund was established in 2012 to provide financial assistance to qualified NAPO members to attend NAPO's annual conference. The scholarship provides the recipient with a complimentary full conference registration plus basic hotel accommodation for two nights. Make a difference by donating to the scholarship fund today at napo.net slash scholarship. Okay, we are back. We are with Jenna, who is a social media expert, but we're diving into the world of 
Facebook groups, which I think is such a fun, meaty topic that it does not get discussed a lot. Okay, Jenna, I know that you work one-on-one coaching with small businesses. So let's pretend we have a listener who is a productivity expert in their town. And they're like, you know what? This sounds great, but I don't have a bunch of events or I don't have a bunch of follow threads or collab posts. How could a business who works with clients like a productivity expert use Facebook groups to enhance their services or enhance their expertise leadership in their community? Yeah, that's a good question because one thing I have to say is Facebook groups aren't for every business. You have to know your goals for it. For me, because it was a networking and local community group, it made the most sense. But I think if you are trying to build some sort of movement in your city or you're trying to maybe have your audience connect with each other, it is a really great way. And you can start with a really small group. You can start with 10, 20 people. The biggest tips I have are be consistent in posting. Start engaging, tagging people just to get people posting in the group because that's the hardest part of running a Facebook group is getting people to post. Dead groups are all over. But the ones that are really posting a lot are the ones I'm really interested in. They're the ones that are consistently having content that people are providing, you know, so it's not just you providing all the content, you have to make it a space where people can provide content too. So I think some of the biggest tips I have for the local business is figuring out what your goals are in terms of do you want people to add their friends? Are you trying to grow your brand awareness? Are you trying to grow what your services you're offering? Or are you trying to have people help each other or help themselves with their businesses because it depends on if you're working with other businesses. If it's just homeowners or people that really aren't in business, they might not be wanting to promote anything. It's deciding who your audience is and why you have the group because if it's not the right platform, then maybe a page is the better route. Like I know I'm considering telling them to start a Facebook group, but whether or not they have the time for it, whether or not they have the interest in it is really a huge factor of the success of the group. If your group is attached to your business page and your group is active and Facebook knows that a lot of people are talking and they're sharing and it's just very active, Mm -hmm. do you think Facebook is giving your business page any special attention or anything like that? So when you're in a Facebook group, you'll see on the side of Facebook, there's suggested groups to join. Mm. And usually they find ones that a lot of the people that are in your group are also in or have similar names or similar overall descriptions. We're one of the only blogging groups in my state. And it's not really just for bloggers, but we have that in the title. And so there's a couple of moms groups that pop up because a lot of the people in my group are in a bunch of local mom groups. That I think is something that they do promote. I actually see more posts on my wall on Facebook that are posted in groups than I do from pages. And I think that's because I'm part of a lot of groups. And so when I'm scrolling through Facebook, most of the posts that I see are people posting in groups. Mm. So that's something interesting that I've found. And that's why I really enjoy Facebook because it's a lot of group activities. And I feel like people hate Facebook when they're only following pages or people that they know. To me, that wouldn't be fun. I really, really enjoy being in groups. I really enjoy discussing things with people and hearing what other people have questions about. One of the things I recommend also is if you don't have a group, join groups because people are asking questions. And if you become a go-to person for knowing the answer... People will take notice. They will add you as a friend on Facebook. They might follow your page. When I was first starting out, I got so many clients out of being in other people's Facebook groups. 
I used to sell product photography. So one day I posted in a group that was for Etsy sellers. And I said, Hey, I can create an Etsy banner for you. I got 20 clients in one post. I just showed one of my examples. And I got so many leads from that. It was insane. And I was overwhelmed because I wasn't expecting it. So I was a little bit more wary of doing that in the future. But posting something that you offer that is just so powerful. With your groups, you can accept or not accept people to join, correct? So you can really Mm -hmm. curate a safe space. Yep. So I didn't mention this, but you can ask questions that people answer. So for me, one of the questions I ask is, do you live in Minnesota? Because it's a local group. If they don't respond to that, or if I look at their profile and it shows they live in Georgia, I'm not going to accept you. You're not a local person. But sometimes they've recently moved there. So it's like sometimes they're like, yeah, I just moved to so-and-so city. Then I usually accept them. If they haven't responded in a couple of days, I'll just check out their profile and then usually accept them. But there's definitely some people that I just don't accept. They're either not from the area or they just don't seem like they're the right person. I know it sounds weird, but like they just seem like they're going to be a total spammer. I can tell they're in a, a million groups and they probably won't follow the rules. So sometimes I do have to turn people down. They can always reapply. Most of them don't. They're just like passing by and just joining a bunch of random groups. So I think I kicked out one person only. And he was very, very misogynistic. He was talking down to people. And I was like, this is not okay. So I kicked him out. But that was the only time I ever remember kicking someone out of the group. I think that's imperative to have a safe space so people in it feel like they can ask the questions they want to ask per your structure and your boundaries. Because I'm thinking about our listeners, you know, organizers and productivity professionals, especially those of us who work with in the home. It's very private in there. So if you have a group and if it's very structured and you've thought about it ahead of time, I mean, I see an opportunity to present your group members with weekly challenges for organizing, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe you pop in there and you do a webinar and it's just like this added freebie for people to see you as the expert and also ask each other questions like, or cheer each other on. We finally got the homework scheduled on Pat and everyone's been doing their homework on time or did the basement this week. Who else is taking on a weekend challenge? I'm just trying to think of ways our listeners can really use it. Yeah. I feel like you want to use it in conjunction with all the other things you're doing. So you mentioned webinars, even just doing live videos inside of groups, which then last forever on Facebook. I've posted again, my podcast events. I've done challenges in the past. You know, Some of the times it's the first place I post big, exciting announcements that are happening. I use it with my email list as well. So it's like, it's a way it's like, Hey guys, did you know that we have a free download? Then that gets them added to my email list. So it's providing them resources that also benefit us. One question I also ask is, what is their email? So it's a way for me to collect emails. Not everyone gives it to me and that's okay. It's, it's an optional thing. But I've created multiple email lists within my email software. So I ask them, are you a service-based business? Are you a product-based business? A blogger? Are you a marketing expert? Are you a photographer? So I basically ask them that. And they're more likely to sign up when it's kind of specified to them. Because if it's just a general email list, they might not be interested. But the fact that I've asked them, would you like to be part of this specific list that's targeted to you? People are more willing to sign up for it. Absolutely. Okay. So I think all of our listeners are probably asking themselves the same question. And it's how much time do you dedicate Mm. to this? And is there a way to outsource or get help from others? So it's funny because I probably used to be in there more. I mean, I'm in there every day, but I don't spend that much time 
in the group. Because I've set it up to be almost self-sufficient, I've actually set it up so that every post in the morning that I do the threads, it's automated. So I don't even actually post it. Literally, Mm. I could be on vacation for a week and be gone and it's still super active in there. I do have to go in every day and approve of people that want to join. What I do is I screenshot their answers um, to my phone so that I can have their email and stuff. And then later that week, I add that to my email list. It's not that much time because the people are the ones that are inside of it really being active. And I think the more people you have, the more hopefully talkers you have and the people that are active. Because if it's a smaller group, you're not going to be as active as just Mm -hmm. like how, you know, numbers work. But I feel like there are small groups I'm in. There's a group I'm in that has about a thousand and it's so active and I love it. And I'm in it all the time. But there's like a bunch that I've been in in the past that have just kind of died or a lot of them get so big that they actually close. This has been something I've seen multiple times where they just grow to be too large for the people that are running them to actually have the time to manage it. Some of them have actually outsourced and paid people to manage it. There's other ones that have volunteers to be admins or moderators. But for me, at 3,000, I can definitely handle it. It's not too big. I think once you hit about 10,000 is when it gets a little bit too big to handle. Such good insight. Before I ask you my last question, Jenna, is there anything I haven't asked you that you think our listeners should know about when it comes to Facebook groups? Yeah, let me think. There are other options now on Facebook groups like courses within Facebook groups. I haven't really done that yet, but there's ways that you can set up your group to be different. Like there's different settings for your Facebook group. I'm on my computer right now. Let me just into my Facebook group and see if there's any other topics that I get triggered by. Because I think, I mean, it's a lot of work, but it's fun. Oh, one of the biggest things also is the cover photo that you have. One of the things I recently was like, I don't have my website on there. So I just added that to the cover photo that you have. And you can also pin posts. They have something called announcements. And so you can actually set it up to link the most important post of the week. It's kind of like Twitter and all those and, and even your Facebook page where you can pin a post to the top. Another thing is I have my description of the group and I have a lot of my rules in there. I have a lot of links to my own social media and like all the things that we offer. You can also search the group. So if you're looking for a specific thing that's already maybe been discussed, if you're in a group, instead of asking that question again, and it's probably been asked like five times, just search the group first to see if anyone has asked it already. So that's just something to know. Also, if you have a group, there's something called group insights where you can see who are the most active members. You can see your overall growth rate. There's just a lot of really cool things you can look at in Facebook groups. What do you think the difference is between a business page and a group? Because on a business page, you could, I guess, message the business and have a conversation. Or do you think it's just the setup of the community feel of a group that makes a difference on a page? Yeah. So I've set up like ManyChat, if you've heard of that, which is basically a messenger bot within Facebook pages. So if people are on my website, they can actually message my page because I don't add a lot of people on my personal profile. So if it's a question about my business or something that we offer, I would rather them message my business page. But when they're in the group, I feel like they know me more because I can actually just respond to them right there, but we don't have to be friends. So it's nice because I'm in the group as me and I can actually just quickly answer questions versus them having to reach out to the page and who knows how long that's going to take to answer. So I think the page, I feel like it humanizes people. 
I think that there's a lot of ways that you can really feel like you're connected to the person running it, especially if they are active in it. I feel like I've met so many big people because I'm in their groups. And for example, Jenna Kutcher, her group is one of my favorites. It's called the Gold Digger Podcast Insiders. And they've got 54,000 members, but I've posted and she's responded to me. So I think that it's a really powerful way to get connected if it is a large group of the people running it. Otherwise, I just feel like it's just such a great way to make connections with people. Wow. So good. Okay, Jenna, I always ask all of my guests to leave us with two sticky notes. So two high impact pieces of advice that our listeners can put into their business or their entrepreneurial efforts today to make a difference. What would you leave them with? I think when it comes to social media, and if you guys have heard this podcast that you you mentioned Instagram, I've mentioned Instagram, Facebook pages, LinkedIn, just knowing where you think your audience is living is really important. Because I've heard of people that are spending all this time on a specific platform, but that's not their main target audience. For example, I work part-time for a podcast studio, actually. And most of his clients are medium to larger businesses. While Instagram is my main platform, that's not really where they live. And so we've really been focused on LinkedIn for him because that's really where a lot of those people are hanging out. So really thinking about where is your audience. And the thing is, most people are on Facebook. There's not that many people that at least over the age of 25 that aren't on Facebook. And so I think that just knowing where your target audience lives and then focusing on one or two platforms for your social. like For me, the Facebook group and my Instagram are like my two biggest platforms. So I've really, really focused on those and really tried to grow those. So just kind of figuring out what do I have the ability to actually serve? Do I have enough time to do it? If I have more time, then you know, launch multiple things. So just knowing how much your limits are for time and knowing where your audience lives. Thank you so much for your insight, Jenna. Where can our listeners find out more about you and stay connected with you? Yeah. So my personal Instagram is Jenna Redfield. It might be the best one to follow if you're not living in the Twin Cities. But otherwise, Twin Cities Collective is our Instagram. And then if you go to TwinCitiesCollective.com, you can also find me on LinkedIn. I'd love to message with you. Do you work with small businesses that are not located locally? Not as much, but I do. So basically what I do with those is I do Skype calls or or Zoom calls. And I can kind of help you through your social media, setting it up. I do a little bit of audits. That's probably the easiest because we're not sitting in the same room as I can look over your social media and kind of audit it and be like, okay, from an outsider's perspective, what would I change from someone who literally looks at Instagram accounts all day long? You know, I know the right and wrong things that people are doing and just the best practices. And so if you want, I usually start with a two-hour session and you can do just a two-hour. I don't have any like you have to sign up for you know a year. If you just want a two-hour sit down with me over the phone or over Skype, I can totally do that. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jenna. Listeners, how about you? What can you do today, this week to make a change in your business or your life pursuing organizing and productivity for the better. Maybe you want to start a group where you can inspire people, not just in your community, but elsewhere to be more productive or more organized. How are you going to do that? Would that be fun for you? 
I'm Sarah Karakayan. That wraps up this episode of Standout. Thanks so much for being here with me and learning with me. If you like this podcast and you're able to walk away with even a nugget of inspiration or something valuable, please leave us a review and hit that subscribe button because we want to reach as many organizing and productivity pros as possible. And I'm going to ask you one more thing. In addition to subscribing and leaving us a review, please feel free to share this in every episode with your colleagues, your team, and whoever else might benefit. I look forward to hanging out with you next time and I'll talk to you then. That's all for today's episode of Stand Out brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more.